Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. RBI single and a strikeout. He drives this one in the air, high and deep, out towards right center. That one back, and it's gone. Bellinger is third home run in this series. Line drive, fair ball down the line. Oh, but again it is Hanniger, half around third. Bellinger to second, in there, save! Bellinger drives that one right field. Hanniger back on the belly bomb. Just into the bleachers in right, and for Cody, number 24. 26 in total last year. More belly bombs to come on the north side. That was the biggest news of the weekend, I think, for Chicago sports fans, for fans of the north siders. The Cubs did retain the services of Cody Bellinger for at least one more year, maybe three. My sneaking suspicion is probably just one more. If he comes close to replicating what he did last year, he most certainly will opt out and try to be, uh, will go to free agency again and try to get that huge payday before he turns 30. That is the structure of the deal. Uh, Cody Bellinger is back in the fold three years, but he does have player opt-outs after year one. Yes, he and does. And after year two, and he'll get paid $30 million this year. But for AAV purposes, it's about $26 million, and that keeps the Cubs, for the time being, below the tax threshold. Maybe yeah. that changes if they surprise in the next yeah, few days know. and sign another one of the Boris Four. Maybe Matt Chapman rounds out their plan and... They'd have one of the best infields in the National League if they pull off something like that. They already might. And if they get Matt Chapman, we'll see. But that would send them over the tax threshold. They are under it as of now. I think it's a deal that gets done. I think both sides are happy. Right? Deal gets done. I think both sides are happy. I don't know. You think so? You think Boris and Bellinger, when it's all said and done, are? Because I think they were eyeing $200 million. Now sure. they're getting 80 Sure. Why wouldn't they? They're not getting 80 They're getting 30 They're getting 30 That's, That's true. what they're getting. Yeah. They're I guess getting you look 30. at it that way. Per year, they're you getting 30 well, right. he, he had to bet on himself last year after two injured seasons. He did. The Cubs also gambled on him at a reduced price, uh, hoping to be able to produce and become a player. He did, right? You're right. So I look at it as a positive on both sides. If he comes out and does another year, he says, boom, I'm done. I'm yes. out. Yeah. I don't need to stay here. He gets a chance for the big payday. And that's the risk the Cubs take. Yes. He goes and does it, and maybe the offseason's a little bit more favorable next year than it was this year. Like the 30 could go to 40. Most of the times, these guys can't collude like that consistently over the course of a lifetime. <laughs> so he's hoping next year's year of collusion is a little bit uh, more splintered. I was looking at uh, some of the different gambling websites this morning, and in a lot of places, including DraftKings, the Cubs are now the favorite to win the NL Central. What's your guy say? That is not a surprise. I haven't talked. You got to talk to your guy. He's the guy I respect. (laughs) Yeah, I respect your guy, Carm. Your guy's the one that said the biggest lock of the year came in twenty games under. Twenty games under what it should have been, Carm. That doesn't mean they win every bet. Well, I understand, but he he he. He categorized that one as the best bet on the board. The dead money, the easiest amount of money they could make, and they did. That's true. 20 I, games under what it was supposed to. I don't know. The Cubs have shifted. Uh, not that they were much of a long shot anyway in what is going to be a variable, a very winnable division for them. Uh, the Cubs and the Reds appear to be the two teams attracting most of the public money. And I just think most of the prognosticators are going to go into this season probably picking one of those two. I wouldn't totally sleep on Milwaukee at this point. I was going to say, what if Milwaukee comes back? What does it say about Craig Council? What if Milwaukee wins the division this year? What does wow. it say about Craig Council? I would Council? tell you, if Milwaukee wins the division, 
I don't know that it would say anything about necessarily negative about Council. Now, you know who they replaced him with. They did replace him with his right-hand man. Leonardo da Vinci. It's not Leonardo da Vinci. That's no. for damn sure. Who the hell's Milwaukee's manager? They replaced him with his, and forgive me, his name is, right is, now. Is it, okay, it, I get it's you. His Bob long Melvin. Time, it's his longtime bench Bob coach. Bob Melvin. It's not Bob Melvin. No, no, no. Was it, it, was, was it Russ Serrato? It's not Russ Serrato. No, Serato. okay. It was, it was Council's right-hand man. Pat and Murphy. I, Pat Murphy. Thank you, Adam. Murphy. Pat the Notre Murphy Dame coach. is the new right? skipper. Isn't he a Notre Dame coach? Oh, Patty Murphy! It does sound Come like Come on Notre down, Patty Murphy! That sounds like the hockey coach at Notre Dame. Bring right? your like, shillelagh with your Patty that, that Murphy. That sounds like the boys lacrosse yeah. coach at yeah. uh, Holy exactly. Cross or at, or at yeah. Notre Dame. John Hopkins. Oh, Pat Murphy. Yeah. You're going to come have a Guinness oh, for this, this come on, Patrick Patty. Day, aren't you? Come on down and bring the bottle of Jameson with you. It might just say something more about Pat Murphy's ability to do what Council did up there. But remember, they lost Corbin Burns. Right. Uh, pitcher, stud pitcher. Yeah, Woodruff's coming off of injury. Baltimore got him, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, if Baltimore, if, uh, if Milwaukee wins that division, uh, that'd Hot be stove. impressive. Well, what's I, the I number? I think it's Cubs or Reds. What's I think the, the only number? team you count on is Pittsburgh. Yeah. What's the number that wins it in the NL Central, then? 86. 86, boy. Powerhouse. Powerhouse squads coming out of the NL Central know, maybe, to become playoff fodder for the better teams. Maybe the Reds surprise us? Now, the Aaron, Reds, like, pull a... Arizona uh, did surprise you last year, though. Yeah. They got into the playoffs. They made the World what, Series, about right? About 86 wins, right? Yeah, here? it was about that. About you know, they got hot late. Anytime you play the Cubs, you know, hmm. chance to get hot. And they did. They won six straight, right? Six straight against the Cubs. Well, they won like a six three out of seven. Three. They won a there six out of They had a four-game series and a three-gamer. Pretty was, good yeah. record. Pretty six good record. One. So anything can happen. I get it once you get into the playoffs. And the only thing you can do out of the NL Central is have the best record and get into the playoffs. So that's... That's all the Cubs can control. Then once you get there, you got to get hot. Yes, you do. You, you got to get hot. All right, Cup fans, do you feel like this was the last thing that had to fall into place? And do you feel great about your team's ability now to make the postseason in 2024? If you want to ring us up to talk about the Bellinger deal or anything else from the weekend, of course, 312-332-3776. Content director Danny Zetterman, who's a big Cup fan, he was upset that it's uh, the Cubs gave him the ops. But the opt out, but you know, as Jesse was here today, Jesse's on a buggy back to Arizona tonight. He will be there tomorrow for the Bellinger press conference. Jesse will join us in Arizona tomorrow. But I, there, there was real getting around it where he wasn't going to get the big deal. Boris was going to and continue to insist upon these opt outs. So I, I don't know that it's listen, if you're a Cub fan. Yeah, it might cost the Cubs a little bit more money in the long run if he's really good again, but there's not. You haven't lost anything. This is a kind of a win-win if you're a Cub fan. He's back. He probably helps them win the division this year if everything comes together in the right way. And if you have to pay a little more to keep him if he opts out, so be it. That means he had a great year again. I don't see this as being too much of a lose. Like, like it's a win-win for Cub fans, I think. And again, could it cost them a little bit more? Sure. And I suppose that'd be the only way that you argue, well, that's why it's bad because Ricketts is showing that there's only a certain threshold he's going to go to in terms of how much they're going to dip their toe in when it comes to playing with the big boys and going after the big free agents. Like, if that affects business going forward, I guess there's not much you could do about that. But I don't know. I don't see... There's no downside here. For, like, Cub fans should feel like this is good. If he has another huge year right. and he's got to go to free agency again, that means the Cubs are probably going to be pretty good. And it would put to rest any concerns about Bellinger having, like, these lingering shoulder injuries that cost him significant production in two years, in 2021 and 2022. 
another big year would kind of, I think, solidify the fact that he is one of baseball's better all-around players. The only, the, the thing I think that, and this is for the nerds only, like what the nerds want to see this year is Bellinger somehow produce again at the level he did last year if some of the deeper statistical numbers don't change. He had a very low barrel percentage last year. He had a very weak hard hit percentage last year. Somehow it translated to big OPS slugging and home run years. And so the nerd part of this, I say that with all genuine affection. I'm, I'm one of them. I'm not as smart as those guys, but I like baseball's numbers. Right. The, nerd, numbers guy. the nerds would say there's a reason teams were leery because all the nerdy departments around baseball were like, yeah, this isn't happening again. Don't buy it. He was in the 10th percentile in barrel percentage, and there's no way he's going to have an OPS north of 850 being in the bottom 10% of all of baseball and barrel percentage. What was the That's biggest what the difference? Nerds would say. Your nerds. Yeah. What's the biggest difference between 2022 and 2023 for Bellinger? The biggest difference when you look at his stats, not your barrel percentage, not your BIP, not your outfield acreage coverage. What's the one market improvement he made last the market year? Market improvement? Market improvement. Strikeout rate was at an all time low. Right. Your strikeout rate went from 150 to 87. Yeah. 150 times he struck that out to 87. So it goes to show you, I think in two strike situations, in all likelihood, Cody Bellinger was probably much better than he's ever he been smart. at making sure to put the ball in play. Right. Make contact. Yes. So while you're not making crisp, hard contact, you are getting the bat on the ball. Yes. And it's doing something for you. Yes. As opposed to swinging, missing, and going back to the bench. Correct. So there you go. Do you know how many times he grounded in double play? Mm, Cody's pretty fast. I'm going to say the way I'm trying Only to Only seven. I was going to say he's pretty quick. Only so. seven. So th- th- I think the point there being when sometimes you got guys with two strikes and they barely hit the ball and it's feeble and it goes to the shortstop or the second baseman and they rolled over the ball and it ends up in a double play, that doesn't happen to Cody Bellinger. So his two-strike approach is probably what led to last year's Could be. improvements or getting back to a little bit better playing uh, situation they did before. And as long as that philosophy continues, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about 400, 504 at-bats to 499 at-bats. So we're at a very similar style. Mm-hmm. Okay? So very similar. And that's 73 less strikeouts. <laughs> 73 less strikeouts. So you get those little wizards, you know, the ones you're talking about, the guys with the slide rulers yes, in there. The- you know the guys with the, pe- the the pocket protectors, so the pen doesn't well, run. Nobody's in their wearing shirt. a pocket protector no, no, no. anymore. <laughs> you get those guys. They, they yeah. use pens. It's on the computer. You sit them down, right? You sit them down, and you you, you put some of those flashy little um, models in front of them. They got like the ball going back and forth that they get mesmerized with. Those numbers, guys. Uh, you put that in front of him and ask him what's the importance of him not striking out as much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing that goes in a circle and it never stops. And Are you just talking about Newton's insane? cradle? Is yeah, that what you're Newton's talking about? cradle. <laughs> yeah. Talking about Newton's cradle. And then all them nerds sit around. They look at each other. And they and just go, watch ah. Newton's cradle. They get all fr- for them, it looks like an adult film. Yes. Yeah, I think you're you right. You get the nerds in the room at the same time and they see Newton's cradle. It's like an adult film for them. There's a towel and. Oh, all types of dispensary equipment. Oh. Newton's cradle. Oh. Yeah, exactly. My point exactly. So I think you go into the numbers and you see what it is. Maybe it was just a different philosophical approach. Yeah. And I don't know who worked with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the guy that was that worked with him. But I think it's important. 
I think it's fantastic. His, his strikeout percentage for his career is about 22%. Yurko's right. It was down to 15.6 last year. I mean, that's a huge yeah. drop. And it does kind of speak. It must, at least I would think. Yeah, you're right. It speaks to a different approach. Yeah. Uh, and so it will be interesting to see how it all unfolds again this year, if he can continue maybe even with that approach to still find his way to, and you know, with his legs and him still being young, run into maybe a few extra doubles, still get the ball in the air and get the ball out. Uh, 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 you know, at a 25-30 home run clip of playing his home games at Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field is a, is a hitter's slash pitcher's park is, is very strange. From year to year, there's little consistency. Some parks are always going to be right. hitter's havens. Some are always going to be pitcher havens. It is not the case with Wrigley. It is very much dependent day-to-day on the wind, and it's very hard to get any sort of consistent read year-to-year second chances, pitchers though, or hitters. The, the second chances you get at Wrigley on, on pop-ups, well, that's, there yeah. is no foul ter- You know, There's no area where you can catch that, a ball down the line. It's right? great for hitters. It's great for hitters yeah. in that regard. You pop the ball up. It's going to end up usually in the stands. It's not like Oakland. Right. right Oakland. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, my it's heavens. Great for hitters. You're right. Oakland is so spacious and yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You, the, you could Pop-ups the, are outs. Yeah. In that, I mean, you really just got to graze the ball for it to have a chance to get the hell out of the park yeah, it's in true. Oakland. So, yeah, I mean, second chance city. Yep. Lines are deep, though. 355, 353. Right? The lines are deep. Yes. Those are deep lines. You're not yes. getting a cheapy one down the line. You're still going to have to make great contact to get a ball out of the park. Yeah, Wrigley's like no slouch like Boston down the line. Right. Right and as, as Murph told us and educated us about the power alleys. Mike Murphy, yeah. They might be labeled that, but they're not that. Yeah, Murph says that uh, you've yeah. got to know the history of that, that they're, what they're labeled the is not actually yeah. what they are. Exactly. He gave us a whole symposium on that one. Yeah, he did. He gave us a talking to. Yeah. Not a symposium, a talking to. <laughs> Maybe a talking to. Like we're bad kids in class Maybe and the teacher right kept that. us after school yeah. and told us we needed to behave a little bit better. Cup fans, how great do you feel with this news over the weekend? Do you feel like your team now is the team to beat the division? Is it still the Reds? Maybe. Cubs are in good spot, and most Vegas books have them as the short favorite in the AL. In the, excuse me, in the NL what, Central what, now. The, the White what, Sox are the long shot in the AL Central. Yeah, what did the Sox do last week? Nothing. Huh? Got their hands out begging for more money? Yes. Is that what they're doing? Yes. Where they have corner of uh, Roosevelt and what? Clinton? Yeah, uh, out close. there. Another, Clinton another for contract more money? given out greater than anything the White Sox have ever given out over the course of the weekend. 312-332-3776. Fun festive day uh, late afternoon and evening yesterday over on the west side at the UC. We'll talk about that. Bears, of course, uh, front and center. I mean, all week long now that they're at the Combine. Tomorrow, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are going to address the media. And you'll hear on the various shows tomorrow on Cap and Hoodie in the Morning, on our show, on Waddle and Sylvie, on Black and Abdallah, uh, bits and pieces of all the things that Poles and Eberflus say tomorrow. Courtney Cronin will be there all week for us and for ESPN.com. Jeff Joniak is on the scene there. Waddle and Sylvie will broadcast live at the end of the week from the Combine in Indy on Thursday and Friday. So uh, as your home for the Bears, we got you covered there. Peter King retiring, and he wrote a few interesting things about the Bears, Justin Fields, and the number one overall pick that we'll discuss a little bit later on today. So a lot to get after on this gorgeous Monday. Ring us up at 312-332-3776. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. NFL Combine kicking off this week. 
But uh, Yurko calls them the underwear Olympics. I love that. That's what they are. Yeah. People have a tendency to fall in love with numbers. The guys jumping out of poles, releasing videos. They fall in love with numbers, but they don't fall in love with play. The most important thing this week is, like, the FaceTime you get with these guys. The most important thing is for the guys that are doing the activities to to confirm in numbers what they do on film. Just confirmation. That's all it is. You just go check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark. Mm-hmm. Like when uh, our guy uh, Kalaji Kansi went out and ran like four seven forty. Yeah, last you know, year he looks quick on film. Yeah. Oh my God, he is quick. Yeah, or he when is Aaron fast. Did it. Right. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So that's the kind of thing you're looking for. Uh, Kevin White. I always question what Kevin White, the receiver, was. Yeah, he can run great in a straight line, but what happens when he gets bumped? You know, what happens when he's got to run something else? How is he? It would never work. Can he just run a nine route, or is that it? Those were question marks, legitimate question marks that they asked coming out of that year, that season going into the draft. What could Kevin White do or didn't do? You fell in love with the speed, and guess what? That's what Al Davis used to do, fall in love with the speed. He wanted speed burners at his wide receiver. He wanted to be able to go long all the time. Yeah, you know, and the injury uh, right out of the gate certainly didn't help Kevin White. But uh, do you know, I don't think Kevin White scored a touchdown in the NFL. Do you believe that? I don't think he has a single NFL touchdown. I, I, I don't he believe he scored one with Chicago. He certainly didn't have one with the Bears. Yeah, he didn't have one with the Bears. So I don't think that's he, all it is, he was guys. the seventh pick of the draft. I don't it's, think he scored a touchdown. It's a confirmation. That's all it is. I don't know if they do the Wonderlick test or the other Zero test. touchdowns. Zero confirming. career touchdowns. I don't know if they Oof. do the Wonderlick test. What's your other test they got? The S2? They have the S2 cognition right. test. Anything. Yeah. People who don't know anything about those tests would criticize those tests. Well, that's because you're idiots and morons. Uh, you use that test simply, the Wonderlick especially. They flood you with information. They ask you a question. What you do then as the individual is ignore the information that doesn't matter to the question, find the pertinent information, uh, get, a, get an answer, and get a result, and move on. It's a, it's a test that they want you to take in 12 minutes, 50 questions. Yeah. Hardly anybody ever finishes. That's the, We've done it. We've done, yeah. like, the sample. It yeah. is hard with yes. the time limit, and it stresses you out. Like, it's weighing And on if you, you get stuck so. on one question, people have a tendency to get bogged down. Yeah. You don't get bogged down. You get your information, you move. All it does is provide you a little bit of insight on how much information an individual can handle. Mm-hmm. Can he recognize the important information? Can he ignore the bad stuff? And then move on. Mm-hmm. And the questions get harder as the test goes on. Right. So they take you through, they take you through, they take you through, they take you through. Now all of a sudden they bog you down with like a three-part math thing right. where you've got and to you're be running able to convert. Out of time. And right. It's like, oh, man. It's... Okay. You just provide an answer, you skip it. Yeah. We... <laughs> it's not wrong if you skip it. If you don't like it, you don't like it, just move to the next question. Yeah. But remember, they get more difficult as you go on. We've done that, like the and sample. That's ones. what it's, it does for those tricky. who want to criticize it and say, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's not. You don't have to be blah, blah, blah. It, it, it gives you a specific purpose to that test. That's it. That's yeah, what it is. I think you use it like you use most of these data points. Not everybody that scores high in that test can play NFL football. Not everybody that scores poorly on that test can't play football. It's a bust, right? Okay? Yeah. All it is is one of about 12 pieces of information that you want to be able to get out. That's the key. That's it. And if you don't overemphasize that over anything else, then you're going to be okay. You're good. Deion Sanders was the greatest corner that ever played in the NFL. Dare I say he didn't blow the, the, the test out of the water, the wonder lick? He didn't. 
didn't matter mm-hmm. because he could play football, and that's all that mattered. Right. Okay? So it's just one small tool. It's nothing to cry over. It's nothing to go, wah, wah. It's not what it is. It's just one tool. They shouldn't have them run 40s. Oh, it's so unfair to have them run 40-yard dashes. Really? Who thinks that? Oh, that's my point. I've taken their thoughtful (laughs) philosophy (laughs) on one stupid point, and now I'm making another stupid point to show you how stupid these people are. But it's like anything else. Don't, like Jericho's right, right. don't look at one thing and make your determination. Jerry Angelo fell out of love with Terrell Suggs because Terrell Suggs ran a poor 40 time. Yes, yes. And, and he, he didn't allow his affect, eyes. He right? let it affect him. He didn't allow his eyes. And he didn't allow his you eyes. See, you know, he may not run a 40 great, but he plays fast. He plays powerful. How many sacks yes. did Terrell Suggs end up with right. when it was all said and done? Yeah, a lot. 140? Yeah, I mean, a I lot. Know. But I think that's the point. That's where people kind of get caught up in stuff. And uh, that's a shame. But that's the, the challenge when evaluating talent. How about that? I missed it by one. 139 career sacks. I was kind of just taking you a shot there. in the dark. You were there. 139 sacks for Terrell Suggs. Right. And the Bears kind of talked themselves out of it famously because he did not run a great 40 time in the combine. So you do have to be careful with all of it. We woke up to the news this morning. If you're a football fan to the retirement of Peter King, look, we, we've known Peter. We've put him on the station a lot over the years. We just saw him. We chatted with him at uh, not just. <laughs> at training camp this year. Training camp. It was a while ago. When, he's, when he was rolling by. Yeah. yeah, we hung. We got to see Peter and catch up with him a little bit when he was at Hallis spending some time. He spent a couple of days here in Chicago as he made his way through all the camps. He always did that. I, I like Peter very much. Yurko's uh, always kind of had fun with Peter. He liked he's my guy. He covered you, but you did not like when he sort of rolled over for the, NA, uh, the when, NFL after the Ray Rice. We were going to Super Bowls. I sat right next to him during every press conference. Do you know he said he's been to 40 straight Super yeah. Bowls, Yurko? Yeah, 40. I'm not surprised. And he'd sit there. He'd get the first question. I'd get the last question. They'd swing it around, and they'd swing it back. And it's because I knew the director of communication for Carolina and Fitzy Allison, my guy with San Francisco. Of course, Fitzy. So I knew those two guys, and they were there. I said, listen, i got to get a question in. That's great. And they'd always come back, and then there I was. Uh, ESPN, voice of the people. So we've known Peter personally a little bit. Uh, he's always been generous and kind to us. I also have loved his writing about the NFL for quite some time. I thought the Monday morning quarterback, the football morning in America stuff was always very good. It was uh, it, Peter had great access to coaches on, on game day, you know, in the immediate aftermath of big wins or losses, players. Uh, he'd quite often stay up till 2, 3 in the morning writing that column, which was like sometimes 10, 12,000 words. But for football geeks, it was always filled with a lot of really good stuff. So we wish Peter the best in retirement, and I'm Absolutely. sure he'll still be around because he's talented and he's yes, in demand, yes. and I, I don't think he can sit still. So I think Peter will do something. He did write something today, though, that does kind of have me confused a little. Okay. And it's Bears-related. I, I want to hear it. Then. And I want to read it to you. L- let me hear it. He writes this as he's kind of going through his thoughts, which he always did in his column. I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. Where? In which universe right now? In his NFL circles. And he's as plugged in as anybody. We've heard the complete opposite. Now, he, he writes, I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. Isn't the wind blowing in the direction of the Bears are going to be trading Justin Fields? That's what. That's what the most, local the local wind is. I think local and national. That's not what he's hearing, though. That's his. He wind. seems to be his the only is one. Upper atmosphere. 
You're getting the local winds here, low, close to the earth. His winds are upper atmosphere, jet stream winds. No, the jet stream winds have also, like, Breer. All of them. Rappaport, Graziano, Chef, like, every single one. There's one jet stream wind, and that's Peter King. Everything else is He seems sub, like more of a nor- nor'easter. He's sub, a he's sub jet stream. Everything is sub jet stream compared to the jet stream, which is Peter King. I it's mean, almost the, the only people this offseason who are suggesting the Bears build with Justin Fields are former players. Peter I, King's I, almost I, the I would, only. I would agree with that, Chris. The that, only people out there who are saying it. And they're giving their opinions as players and. Uh, He's one of their brethren. Justin's one of their brethren. They're always going to back the the guy in the NFL and not the guy coming out of college. We've explained that, and that's why we've said it. He seems to be the only one hearing, and I don't know where he's hearing it from because I'm interested because everything else is kind of leading to the Bears are going to be trading Justin. I'm, I'm My best educated guess from some of the stuff I've gathered is that the, the Justin Fields camp very much believes he will be traded. Look, he's, he handled it well when he went on with the St. Brown brothers last week and talked about why he deleted, not deleted, but why he just stopped following. Right. He doesn't want to hear the noise, and that's fine. He's I on Justin, vacation. He, he handled it well, right? He's on vacation. I think he's already heard it internally. I think, again, I think they very much believe, from what I can gather, that they are operating under the assumption at some point the Bears are going to come to them with a trade. So where is Peter getting? That's why I'm kind of fascinated. Like, where is Peter getting? The wind seems to be blowing in the direction that they're going to trade the pick and keep Justin. To which he writes, the Bears should keep Justin Fields. I'm sorry, he writes, the Bears could keep Justin Fields, parentheses, and should, and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. And then he gets into some of the frameworks of a deal and I when we come back from break I want to talk about that a little bit but it just seems very counter to what the more both local and national vibe is around what the Bears are going to do we'll see if this ramps up during the combine too now that the entire NFL is there and the framework of a deal could really start to get hammered out remember trades can't become official to the new league year starts that's still a couple weeks away it's two weeks from Wednesday right Yurk I think we're about two weeks yeah, away March 13th, from the start, two weeks from Thursday, start of the NFL uh, 2024 season. So it can't become official till then, but certainly there could be some framework discussions that happen this week. If you've got a thought on the Bears and the NFL and Justin and the top pick and what you expect out of the combine this week, you can ring us up at 312-332-3776. We'll talk a little bit more football, and I want to talk more about the framework of these deals because not everybody is in agreement of how this would look. Uh, but Peter speculated a little bit, and we'll talk about that coming up next. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Pumpkins. A lot of pumpkins played yesterday during the Chelios festivities. A lot of 90s music in general because Chelios' great run here from 90 to 99. There's a lot of pumpkins, a lot of Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam. Was there a Michael Jordan? Uh, no. No, no Michael Jordan. But Rodman was there. It was kind of a who's who. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty awesome celebrity right. crowd. Right. You know, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. They did a great job of that. Boy, the Hawks might stink, but they know how to do a celebration event, don't they? 
They know how to put one of those on. Well, they always did. I'll, Remember give, them, the, I'll give them that. They had the Stan Makita Bobby Hall night. Remember yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah. They came out in the white convertible this year. It was Shelley, a black convertible. Shelly came out in a black uh, yeah. old vintage caddy. It was awesome. Yeah. Like it was they, a white one for those guys. They took it around the rink. You know, McDonough rubbed off on them, even yeah. though he's not there anymore. Right. You know, they know how to throw a nice celebratory they throw a party. party. They know how to throw a party. Team stinks, but that's all right. Yeah. Connor's good. Well, they lost in overtime yesterday, right? They did, right? they did. We'll talk about Still that. Still have the lowest amount of points in the NHL? I believe they do. It's putting like a battle between them and San, uh, San Jose. Almost putting themselves in a position from the kid from Massachusetts? Is that is right? Is that who it is, York? I, I guess know. that's what they're telling me. That's what the kids are telling me. I guess Bedard's got a cousin who's 16 in the WHL right oh, now that's he? lighting it up. But, but he's not eligible until 2026. Buddy Bedard? No, it's not even the same last name, so it must oh, okay. not be on the fraternal it's the side. It's, it's the on the damn side. side. I think it, it's. I think it's Mackenzie's last name. I'll double Alistair? check. Alister? No, no. But he's got a Spuds McKenzie. It's not Spuds McKenzie. He's got a cousin in the WHL right now who's sixteen, who's putting up the kind of numbers that he put up when he was sixteen. But he's not draft eligible for a couple of years. But apparently, he's pretty good. Uh, okay, so I want to talk to you real quick here, Yurko, about some of the draft compensation and what it might look like if they move the pick. Yurko and I are in the camp of we don't think if they move back one spot, Washington would give them next year's first rounder. Yes, we're in I, the I, camp of that. I just don't I'm believe in that. that. I don't believe I that. don't believe that's going to happen. Maybe New England if they wanted to go up from three to one. Maybe I still don't know if I believe that. Certainly, but if at the least Giants you're dealing with or, more points. Yes, yeah. Certainly, if the Giants or Falcons or Broncos wanted to, yes, then you're getting next year's first round. Absolutely, that and, and more, and more, and more, and more. But Peter King writes about uh, keeping Justin. He thinks that's what they should do. Uh, trade the first pick, one spot to Washington, which would then take Caleb Williams. Uh, get the second pick, a second-round pick, and next year's first-rounder. So he believes they could pry a first-rounder next year out of Washington. I just don't see it. He writes, then suppose Poles trades the second pick to Atlanta at eight. Falcons pick one of their quarterbacks in return. Chicago gets the eighth pick. Atlanta's second-rounder and first and second-round picks next year. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft hall. The eighth and ninth picks in this year's draft. Second-round picks from Washington and Atlanta next year. And three first-round picks and two second-round picks in 2025. Why is he saying the ninth pick? You already have that pick. Well, he's just saying that's what you did. You would have yeah. this year in round one, eight and nine. Next year, you would have a pick from Washington and Atlanta, and you'd also add second round picks in each of those years. So that's a lot. I don't think you're getting Washington's first rounder. I think it'd be a little bit uh, reckless out of Adam Peters, too, as a first time GM. To start trading multiple first round picks. Normally, well, you never know. You might want to be aggressive like Ryan Pace was. That's all you're looking for. Mm. Somebody that uh, sees his guy, targets his guy, and goes ahead and trades too much for 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 to get his guy, and then has to sit and watch for two three years of disappointment, and then they chase him out of town. Yeah, it's the kind of move that'll probably prevent him from hit, ever getting a or they hit GM job, and it's the right call. And it didn't make a difference what you gave up for him. They said, well, you could have gave up more, but man, alive. Look at how great this guy is. And then he solidifies that's his signature move of his lifetime that made him the guy that he was going to be. In an alternate universe, it went that way for Ryan Pace. Uh, Yeah, in an alternate universe. Bizarro world. Just not this one. Yeah. (laughs) The one in which we occupy, unfortunately for us. Paulie's in Palm Beach. What's going on, Paulie? Hey, guys. Great show. Thanks. I keep hearing on... You know, I cap and hoodie this morning, actually. Oh, the Bears got seven wins. They're close. Five of those head coaches were fired from those seven wins that the Bears had. So 
my opinion, they had two wins. But well, anyway, I didn't call for that reason. Oh, figures lying, liars figure. That's another thing about all these statistics people throw at you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how the, it doesn't matter who the Bears drafted quarterback this year. I like the fact of trading out of one. I hope they don't like Caleb Williams. You will get a first-rounder out of Washington. They're desperate. I happen to listen to a little Washington sports, and I got a buddy that lives in D.C. They are desperate for this kid. They really want him. That said, there are so many offensive linemen in this year's draft that are so good. You can tra- uh, trade back and gather all these picks. And your trading fields, although I was hoping you didn't have any value and you would make him the next Debo Samuel, but they're not going to do that. Trade him, get the second or third round pick, whatever you're going to get. Build up these linemen. In two or three years, whoever you pick a quarterback this year, I don't care if it's May, I don't care who it is, if he stinks, you go pay $50 million for a QB. You've got your whole team built up, and now you're lacking a quarterback. You go pay for him. You were going to have to pay $50 million in three or four years anyway for a guy. Go buy one of these, uh, Kirk, not Kirk Cousins, you know what I'm well, saying. That's exactly who's ever who available in two or three years that's a stud that wants $50 mil. Well, who's a that's stud? your last who's, piece. Who's a stud that becomes available at the quarterback position? That, uh, that, uh, who, uh, what about the guy out of uh, the long-haired kid that was the pick? Uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Is what he, about is Herbert? He a stud? I mean, Herbert's never going to be available in his prime. Why would he just sign his extension? Paulie, thanks. Stud quarterbacks don't become available. Kirk Cousins is not a stud. Russell Wilson is no longer a stud. Stud quarterbacks don't become available. The studs are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Studs don't become available. So the idea that, well, well we'll just pay for our stud quarterback. Well, if, you're not winning, if you're not winning in, in, in with Chargers, if you're not winning with Chargers... In two years, you're not winning. You didn't win. You didn't win. Somebody's getting fired, and they're thinking about getting a new quarterback and starting it all over. Yeah, but he signed his deal. Going to be guy. I understand yeah. he signed his deal. You and I have talked about this with Aaron Rodgers and deals and what deals aren't really deals and dead cap numbers aren't really dead cap numbers. And if you're going to start over, you don't start over still with a veteran quarterback. You get what you can for him. You move on from him, and then you start all over again. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Gone, gone. Quentin Johnson not getting it done. Not getting it done. So we'll see if they get Bowers or they get an offensive tackle. Which one are they going to do? Which one's sexier? The tight end out of Georgia oh, yeah. sexier. Bowers. Which will, what do they probably need more? The right tackle. Right. Khalil Mack's going to be gone after having 17 and a half, 18 and a half sacks. Where's Khalil Mack going to go? He's gone. I would think so. Right. Houston, maybe. You've got a big, you got a big cleaning out going out right now, but you got your expensive quarterback. That you have. That you do have. Right. And it They've kicks got in that. this year, I think, the big yeah. deal, too. So there you go. So what do you think the Chargers are going to be looking at if they can't turn it around instantaneously in the next two, three years? So that's your path to getting a stud quarterback? Okay, maybe. Well, I, I don't think you asked me how does one become available. Whew. I just painted you a scenario how one becomes available. Now you can maybe do that with three different teams. You can do it with Tua, right? If things don't start going right down there. You want to get less expensive or more expensive at your quarterback if in three years it hasn't gone right down there. Now you got a 28, 29-year-old quarterback? Yeah, I would also say I don't think Tua is a stud. Okay. Uh, okay. I like Tua. You say he's not a stud. He can throw the ball down the field. Is Jalen Hurts a stud? Everybody wanted to annoy him like he was a champion. Good question. The best thing two years ago, and all of a sudden he's not? Good question. Okay. Can't, you can't be just like year-to-year stud. You either are 
a stud, and I think that's what we've got to remember. That's you either are or you are not. And if that is, are you a stud, it's one guy. It's Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, Everybody else fails. I, I, I might say there's a couple. I'm, I would probably say Josh Allen's a stud. I think I'd say Joe Burrow's a stud. I think I'd say Lamar. Joe Burrow's got injury concerns. That's true. You're so not he's wrong discounted. There. He's discounted. Would you consider Lamar a stud? I think Lamar is a very specific style of quarterback. Um, if you consider him a stud, then what do you consider Justin Fields? I don't consider Justin Fields a stud. Okay. Well, then I could say the same thing about Lamar Jackson. Because Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson light. Hmm. I, I want to keep. This is why so I want to keep is Josh Allen I want to keep him because I believe no, no. he's going to be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is like Pepsi and Justin Fields is like clear Pepsi. Like, come on, guys. Like, there's no. not, it's not. It's not, not said, he's I, not Fields. No, he's not Coke, Lamar light. Say Coke, New Coke. Okay. Coke, New Coke. If you want to say Coke, New Coke, I'll agree with you. I would probably put there's him in the There's only one stud- Coca-Cola. New Coke was not it. I get it. But at least they both come in a red can, right? I'd probably put Lamar in the stud category. Lamar's still only thrown thirty touchdown passes in one year. I mean, and they both I, say Coke on the can. If we're gonna like, if we're making this, you have to be. You can't even say Mahomes. Is I level, keep but. Justin Fields. Whatever Peter King is, is spinning today, I'm in favor of what Peter King is spinning. I spent three years developing this guy, and he's about to blossom. He's about to blossom, mm. and I'm going to trade him away like a fool. No, I don't want to do it. Wow. I don't know. I can't. I I'm can't trading out a read on your. Um, <laughs> I'm trading out a one. <laughs> your field stuff. He's Wait, about to because blossom there's into days, a stud. There's days I sit here scratching my head. And I go, "Was That's Trubisky better saying. than Fields?" I don't get it. Because there's days I'm scratching my head. So if there's days when you say is Trubisky better than Fields, and now today you're like, "He's about to blossom That's into right. a stud." I got a belief, man. I got a belief. I've seen the signs. I saw the signs. I believe it. <sighs> I think the nice weather's getting to your. Cup. It might be getting to me. The garlic I had, I overdo. I over. You overdosed. I overdosed on garlic, on garlic yesterday. Right, I sit, don't know. Sit tight, Bears calls NFL. Just telling calls. you, man. Sometimes I get a strong vibe. Brad uh, also wants to talk about right. being at the Hawks game last night. Hold on, Brad. We'll grab you right when we come back, because he was there for the festivities. That looked fun yesterday. It really did. Even though the Hawks lost, that whole atmosphere was great. With Kaner being back, it was great. Three one two three three two ESPN. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. We're having a great Monday. It's gorgeous. I got a would you rather uh, for you guys later. I know it's lovely. Not the Waddle and Sylvie show, but I got a would you rather. And we're going to do the lunch rush at some point during the 1 o'clock hour. I also have an old man shouting at the clouds rant for you. Uh, a little bit later on today, Yurko, we got to talk about the Chelly slash Caner return last night. We're busy on this Monday. We're going to be truncated a couple days this week. You'll get White Sox spring training baseball tomorrow and Friday. We'll be off the air at two both of those days. Jesse will join us tomorrow from Arizona. He's on a buggy back tonight. He was home for the weekend for some family stuff, but Jesse's going back tonight. The Bellinger press conference is tomorrow, so we'll have full reaction to that. And I think Courtney's going to join us from uh, Indy tomorrow. She'll be at the Combine all week. Poles and Eberflus meet the media tomorrow. Let's say hi to Mark in Buffalo Grove on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mark. Afternoon, gentlemen. Um, I, I just I understand that we could trade the pick and, and get all these other picks, but do people not watch football and understand that without a quarterback, you have nothing? You have nothing. Well, like, at the very least, uh-oh. like when you have a good one, Mark, it puts you in contention. You feel like you're in contention pretty much every year if you've got one of the really great ones. And that's the whole point, right? Yeah, it's to yes. be in contention every year. Yes. Like so Mahomes why, elevates we, that entire team. Allen elevates 
Uh, those, uh, you know, Big Ben in his prime, I think. Peyton Manning, like Brady, obviously. They elevate. They're the guys going to the Final Four every year, right? Yeah, and we've got to take a chance. Like, I don't know. Caleb is not a for sure thing, right? No, no one is. But you've got to keep taking chances until one hits. You can't just like say, "Oh, we have never developed one, so why should we just why should we take one?" Well, because eventually we have to hit M one, and think. and this is the best opportunity we're going to have, hopefully ever. I mean, and and so like it, it, it's clear to me, but I, I don't get the uh, why it's even a question. All right, Mark, who, who, who's your guy, Mark? Oh, Hold on, oh, I just hung up. That's my bad. I knew, I'm you, sorry. I knew what you're doing. I'm, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I was going to put him on the carpet. I want to know which one was this guy. Yeah, I mean, he admitted it, he said he knows is it Caleb. Bus is it Caleb? Is it Drake May? Is it Jaden Daniels? Who's his guy of the five that are going to go? Matt, you can call back and tell yeah, Adam. Yeah, tell Adam who, the, who your guy is. This is that way Matt. we got you down. You <laughs> okay, know. like it matters. Well, it does to me. This is Matt and Schaumburg. Matt, go ahead. Hey, guys. Please hear me out. So a couple of years ago, Carmen and Yurko were both talking up this quarterback, and you guys loved him. I say you get rid of Fields. He looked horrible in that Minnesota game, looked horrible in that Cleveland game. The kid just doesn't have it. You trade the pick, and you get the guy you guys were big on, J.J. McCarthy. Mark my words, he will turn out to be the winningest quarterback in this draft. Maybe not the best stats, but the kid is a winner. He has the pedigree, and he has that golden boy look. One more thing, the Bears are brilliant for the way they built that secondary, taking secondary pieces in the second round in 2020, 2022, and 2023. Go Bears. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Matt. Bears. He does have that look. Look, Yurko and I talked up J.J. McCarthy because he's a local kid. Local kid. They don't throw the ball at Michigan. I don't know what to think of J.J. McCarthy. They don't throw the football. I'm reading an article now that's got him comparable by Isaiah Holt. His comparable, they're saying, in the NFL, Elway. J.J. McCarthy? That's what's being said in this article. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is the insanity that I love. Insanity, dude. McCarthy, comparable to Elway. That's what I'm reading. Dude, Wolverine's Wire. I'm reading it right now. Posted 21 minutes ago. He's on MGO blog. It's just insanity. I don't even know what that means. Brad's in Oak Brook. Brad's in Oak Brook. What's up, Brad? Hey, fellas. Carm, original dreamer. How you doing? Hope you guys had a... uh, Great weekend. Um, enjoyed the weather. Yurk, you'll love it. I got out, smacked that little white ball around yesterday. Nice. So, of course you I'm, did. It's happening Loved a it. lot, man. Oh, it's happening I mean, a lot. On. They yeah. had to be packed this weekend. Oh, my God. Two-hour frost delay. Uh, it was a uh, great afternoon, but, yes, yeah, s- slow. But, hey, 85 first round of, hey. uh, is first it pl- round of the hey, year. In February. Is, is, it pl- is it plug and play or because the ball bouncing a little bit? Oh, no, there's no roll. It was soft. Pl- plug uh, and play, yeah. yeah. Balls were landing in the fairway. I saw my ball mark three inches from my ball. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, I. Th- thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to sort of uh, reflect on everything that uh, happened over the United Center yesterday. Um, it was uh, what a night. It was good to see an organization that, in the United Center that can put on a good show. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm 31, 92 birth year. Um, so. Uh, played hockey my entire life, was on the skates, you know, six, seven years old, and was lucky enough to play competitively through college. So uh, diehard Hawks fan, number one uh, in my rankings as far as Chicago sports. But um, just really reflecting on, uh, you know, I 
I remember Chelly. Uh, good to see all those guys there yesterday, too, from the 90s. I mean, I wore 10 my entire life because of Tony Amani. My brother mm-hmm. wore seven because of Chelly. Um, and, you know, I think it was, like, also on top of it, too, just, like, uh, through getting rid of all the core group of guys, um, you know, the uh, Kaner returning was finally, like, it was, like, the last, uh, what do you say, like, it was just full circle, and yeah. it's you know at this point totally behind us. Um, yes, he's like the last you know, one. The rest of all retired. I mean, Taves hasn't officially, but he's done. Yeah, and know. I always talk about him and like with my buddies and everything. Like being able to. So I was a freshman in high school when Kane and Taves started, and then like through my college years of ten to fourteen, you know. In the prime years of my fandom, even though I'm still following and watching every bit of Chicago sports more than ever now, but, you know, 18 to 21, being able to pack the bars. Yeah. Enjoy, you know, there's not, there's, it's so rare in professional sports where a team can provide you three championships all with the same core group of guys. Yeah. And I know you, Eric, you have a, I don't know if Jake probably feels the same way. Uh, Cause I think he's around my same age, but yeah. he played hockey, yep. you know, but like, it's, it's, it's such, it's, it's, we're almost spoiled. It's like I couldn't have asked for anything more. From no, that group of guys. I, and they gave us, they gave us basically, it, and I know it's not And Brad, we got to run cause we're up against the break. I know it's not football. I get that. There aren't as many hockey fans. They gave us a run that you like. Brad's right. Yeah. What would the the Chiefs are elated because they've got this special player. They're winning Super Bowls, and again, I'm not comparing the Super Bowl to hockey, but still, like they gave you a special run at the highest level in the right. world. It like been, they gave us a special right. run. It had been like 14 years since it happened with the Bulls. 13 years yes. since with the Bulls. Yeah, it's the last time you felt it, but this time it was a different sport. It was hockey, and it felt great. They gave us a special run. I don't even think you even great. had to like totally love hockey to be into it there for a while because they were great players, and a bunch of them are going to end up in the Hall of Fame and have their jerseys retired. And they were like this little mini dynasty, and it was great. And like, Kaner's the last little like vestige or piece of that. And that I do want to spend a little bit more time on that as the show goes on. Um, we're going to play some stuff from, from Chelly, you know, sort of acknowledging Kaner and the kind of ovation he got. Uh, 312-332-3776. More of your Bears NFL calls. We'll continue to talk about uh, the Bears being in the driver's seat as the NFL world descends upon Indy for the Combine this week. We are back in two minutes.